0: Welcome to Growing Up Skywalker. I'm Sam. Hi, I'm Anna. And today we've got the Mandalore arc.
1: And the greatest romance of Star Wars history. Which is
0: really saying something. It there's quite really a few. Is. Yeah. So this one starts off with uh, season two, episode 12, the Mandalore plot.
1: Mm, we're on Mandalore, baby.
0: Yeah, which is really cool because this shows that there's like a third way. And that's in fact how it starts, that... There's a council of independent systems, which is led by Duchess Satine of Mandalore. And so she controls some sort of neutral polity. And the worry is that they are going to fall prey and join the separatists.
1: But they don't want any part of your nonsense.
0: They don't want any part of anything, but they do have an extremely cool aesthetic.
1: They do. I cannot wait to talk about it.
0: (laughs) So we meet up with uh, Prime Minister Almec, or All Neck as I call him, and so they talk about how there has to be. Did you peace. just
1: say you call him All Neck? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm slow on the uptake. That is <laughs> hilarious.
0: <laughs> this guy, this guy looks like the PC principal from from South Park. He's just like a a righted up neck into a his balding head. His neck is
1: probably thicker than his biceps. Yeah. He is prodigiously necked. (laughs) So Kenobi's been sent to discover the truth, right? So he meets Prime Minister Almec. We get all kinds of tasty tidbits immediately about the history of Mandalore. Mm -hmm. Mandalore's violent past is behind us. All of our warriors were exiled to our moon Concordia. They died out ages ago.
0: Yes. And then... Obi-Wan's like, okay, but what about this? And produces a holo recording of a Mandalorian, like, jumping and shooting rockets and shooting with that characteristic.
1: He says this to Satine, the he love of his life.
0: does. And so uh, it is inferred over the next three episodes that Satine and Obi-Wan... Very, it came very close to having a Anakin Padme relationship. Guess going
1: what on. we get immediately? This line You're even more beautiful than the last time I saw you.
0: Which, oh um, my God. according to Wikipedia, was 20 years previously. Wow. So, yeah. This
1: is so much better than the Titanic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, and Obi Wan is also like, What about Django Fett? And I'm like, That's not a Mandalorian. I don't know anything about that. So anyway, they are having their fight. They're talking. and Well, they're
1: having a fight because Kenobi shows Satine the holocron of the Mandalorian. And mm-hmm. in front of her advisor, she says, there's no way. That's impossible. Blah, 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 blah. When she gets Kenobi in private, that's when she tells him that there's a splinter group called mm-hmm. the Death Watch.
0: And so they take a walk. Yes. They're walking around the city when all of a sudden and talking about these things and talking about the past. And it's very... Coded Fraught. Yeah. And then they uh, there's an explosion. And they're like, oh, no, who could have done this? And sure enough, there's a holographic death watch symbol hovering above it.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: Obi-Wan is like, circle the perimeter, call the guards, what's going on? And someone takes a runner. Obi-Wan chases this person off up onto the roof. And this guy pulls a blaster. Obi-Wan effortlessly deflects it away. And then the dude jumps off
1: swan dives off the balcony dies
0: lands like he falls just far enough to survive long enough to like have words with Satine at the end in like
1: a death right basically in Concordian.
0: And she informs him that because she's Obi-Wan's alibi is basically the only reason that he is still allowed to be talked to. Because it's like a whole to-do.
1: Yes. So the guy who died, the Death Watch guy, was Mm -hmm. Concordian. So Satine and Obi-Wan immediately head there to the moon to talk to the governor, who is delightfully named Visla, like the dog. Okay. It's like a very ferocious attack. German attack dog. That
0: is funny. Yes. I did not know that was a breed of dog. Yeah. But that's not that's not my area of nerd dumb. If you well, know, we can you join go. you on Anna's uh dog breed minute. There on you TV. go. Perfect. <laughs> so um we've also seen someone talking to wearing Death Watch armor, talking to Dooku earlier in this episode, mm-hmm, being like, mm-hmm. Hey, uh, you know. Don't worry, we'll take out Duchess Satine and then we'll like do a bunch of stochastic terrorism, get Mandalore risen to a frenzy and start shooting things up.
1: Yes, turns out Death Watch is not just a splinter group, they're being funded by Dooku and the Separatists and mm-hmm. they want to take over the planet.
0: Yeah, uh, so Concordia is actually habitable, unlike the main planet of Mandalore, which is kind of interesting. It's also got really, really cool geology. Mm-hmm. I'd just like to point that mm-hmm. out. But um, they're going to meet with Governor Visla. And Obi-Wan is like, yo, stall him. Peace. Bounces off on a speeder Pounce bike. Bounces on a
1: speeder bike. Goes to check out the quote unquote mining facilities that were quote unquote shut down. And they
0: are, of course, being made out of, they're they're making Mandalorian armor. And the factory worker punches Obi-Wan. He and then another throws factory goes
1: down out. with two Mandalorians. Yes. And does not do well. He
0: does not. They
1: string him up like a turkey. He has to call Satine for help. And They're she, about to make pancakes yeah, out of him. And she
0: is, uh, like, in a conversation with Vizsla. And so she has to do that thing where she's on the phone with one person and talking to another person, yes. having the same conversation. Anyway, she takes a bounce. She gets on the uh, a speeder. She gets there not a moment time, too soon. And they fight the Mandalorian's free. They get up to the top of the elevator and... Who takes off his helmet? But the leader of the Death Watch—it's Previsla, the former governor of Concordia.
1: We get this delightful line: "Oh, we'll have to stand and fight, or Satine. In your case, just stand."
0: Right, because Satine <laughs> actually like reformed Mandalore in a pacifist image, so she is a staunch pacifist.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so there's an extremely cool fight scene mm-hmm. between Pre-Vizla with the dark This is the first canon use of the dark saber.
1: Yes, there is a duel because obviously because mm-hmm. Visla insulted Obi-Wan's girlfriend and Obi-Wan kicks butt basically.
0: He does. And then Visla is like <laughs> Finish him to his men. And they all shoot their rockets. The rockets turn around and Obi-Wan and Satine have to jump down the elevator. You
1: know, what Obi-Wan does is he scoops his girlfriend in his (laughs) arms, jumps down the elevator shaft, and then covers her with his body. It was the most romantic Mm -hmm. thing I have seen in so long.
0: So then they decide to go to uh, Coruscant to, you know, figure all this out. And they climb aboard The ship, the Coronet.
1: Yes, and they're at an impasse, right? Satine vows that she will never be part of this war, and Kenobi Mm. tells her that he thinks neutrality is no longer possible.
0: Which brings us to the next episode, season two, episode 13, Voyage Voyage of of
1: Temptation. Temptation, Starring
0: Hormfrita.
1: Well... He is there.
0: He takes up more screen than anyone else. He does
1: take up a lot of pixels. Or- Arm
0: Frita is the extremely Corpulent. fat Twi'lek who just, you know, has a legendary appetite according to Obi-Wan.
1: Mm. But this
0: is a fun one.
1: This one is so fun. Okay, so... Anakin and Obi Wan are aboard the Coronet, which is Satine's beautiful diplomatic vessel. They're escorting Satine to Coruscant so that she can plead her innocence. Basically, say Mandalore wants no part of this. The Death Watch is in mm-hmm. charge of everything. Like yeah. we just we don't want well, your business. Also,
0: that like we can take care of Death Watch.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, They hop into an elevator, Obi-Wan and Anakin. And Anakin is like, so you seem very anxious about Satine. What's going on there? And Obi-Wan's like, shut up, Anakin. And Anakin's like, oh, so so there is something going on. And Obi-Wan's like, shut up, Anakin. (laughs) Anakin smirks. It is the best. I love this episode.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Banter level of this episode immediately goes up. Five stars, so great! There's a big Obi Wan and Satine fight scene in front of everybody on the ship,
0: and they're doing it from like Satine's bedroom. She's like on this raised bed, and all the other like senators are sitting here, being like, "Well, maybe we should have like dinner first. And they're like,
1: (laughs) "They have an amazing fight scene. It's Mm -hmm. super great." Satine has decided that she's going to, in front of the Galactic Senate, oppose joining the war on the grounds that it is an affront to life itself. Mm -hmm. And that is just the beginning of all the philosophical discussions in this episode, which we will talk about later.
0: Meanwhile, Anakin is down in the basement.
1: Okay, Anakin's down in the basement. It is probably a good thing that everybody else is bickering because the bottom of this ship has been infiltrated with octopus spider death assassin droids
0: also someone forgot to install the lights
1: that is also true (laughs) what what is it's for the drama (laughs) it's for the capital d drama
2: yeah
1: um zero to ten stars i'm not a big fan of these assassin droids r2 is down there he's freaking out anakin has to go and check on things and spoiler alert, there are three of these things mm-hmm. down in the basement. They're
0: big and they're pretty scary. And then when you kill them, a bunch of tiny versions of themselves oh God, pop out of their own head. Oh my God, they
1: out little droid killer babies when they die. It
0: is... fist-sized,
1: Horrifying. So Mm -hmm. one of them spiders its way up the elevator shaft. Obi-Wan kills it before it can get to Satine. But she has to, like, whip out her deactivator gun and, like, deactivate all of them. The one saving grace of this fight scene is that Obi-Wan and Satine end up fighting Mm back-to-back, which is the energy that I needed (laughs) in my life. It's so great. So... What Obi-Wan does is very clever. Anakin is fighting the rest of the spider droids down in the hole. Mm -hmm. And Obi-Wan sees that one of the little spiderlings has not been killed... He has a very clever plan. He like puts it under a glass tray like a beautiful dessert mm-hmm. and he walks it around to all the senators in Satine's retinue and he's like, "Hmm, I wonder which senator is guilty, probably the one that this spiderling is trying not to murder."
0: Exactly.
1: It ends up being the gross-looking one, the the skeevy-looking, secretive-looking one. Not Orm Frita. Not Orm Frita. It's
0: Merrick, who's actually the senator from Satine's Home Planet.
1: He looks like a jester.
0: Uh, he's just wearing like a, clo- a hooded cloak a the entire cloak. time. A medieval cloak, yes. And it's like, that is... No no one ever shows up to a dinner party wearing a hooded cloak, and that is the style you're gonna it's like a sketchy. It is cloak,
1: automatically so. sketchy vibes only. Yeah. Yes. So he kidnaps Satine, Merrick does, mm-hmm. and then Death Watch sends probes to smash into the coronet filled with super battle droids. Also,
0: Merrick takes Satine hostage with a yes. blaster.
1: He does. He does.
0: And Anakin's still down there fighting the third one. I
1: know, but he comes up, he's like, Okay, I'll handle the probes. Oh, we obi you find your girlfriend. And Obi-Wan's like, okay, wait, hang on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Flustered Obi-Wan is my favorite aesthetic.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: Merrick wired the ship's engines to explode if he presses the little button he's holding. And mm-hmm. he's about to drag Satine onto his ship when we get, I kid you not... A confession of lifelong love. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. It is the singular most romantic moment in the history of Star Wars. And Merrick
0: is like, what is wrong with you? I'm holding a gun to her head and I'm going to escape here. It is incredible. this This is not the time and place for it.
1: It is incredible. But wait, there's more. We get a confession of love. And then Satine stops on Merrick's foot, which, by the way, is a very good self-defense method for Mm -hmm. anyone out there who, you know, wants to know. Satine grabs his blaster and then Merrick has them at an impasse again because if Satine shoots him... She'll prove she's a hypocrite. If Obi-Wan shoots him, Satine will hate him.
0: hmm And Merrick says, who will strike first and brand themselves a cold-blooded killer? And
1: then Anakin gives him the grievous special.
0: Yeah. And Anakin's like, what? He's going to blow up the ship?
1: Anakin's like, whatever. Yeah. I have no compunction with this at all. Mm-hmm. And then Merrick is dead, and the plot has been foiled. And, you know, we close on Obi-Wan and Anakin, like, staring admiringly at Satine as she walks off into the distance of Coruscant. And they're like, wow, what a lady.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is exactly how I feel.
0: So, meanwhile, we get to the third episode. Duchess, Duchess of, of
1: Mandalore. Mandalore.
0: Visla is on the phone with Dooku, and he's like, so, this is BS. I can't take, like, I... Tried to kill Satine. She's still alive. I can't take over. I want to take over Mandalore now, but I don't have the numbers. And Dooku's like, yeah, don't. Like, You don't have the numbers. Wait. First things
1: first, we're going to kill the Duchess.
0: Yes. Meanwhile, Almec is sitting there and he says, our fate lies with Satine because he he has a spy watching this message. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Satine goes in front of the Senate, asserts neutrality and says, I don't want any Republic intervention.
1: But Palpatine is setting her up to fail.
0: Yeah, and Palpatine is like, but wait, I have a message from your deputy minister. And it's like, please help us. Our, our civil war is eating us alive. We need help. And Satine's like, whoa, okay, this is terrible. Like, I really need to speak with this dude. And Palpatine's like, tragically, he has died under non-mysterious circumstances. Let's
1: ensure his death wasn't in vain. Send in the military.
0: Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to get together this whole vote to send in the military. And like take over mandalore in the name of the republic so satine gets in her car and storms off like obion's trying to stop her and she's like don't touch me she gets in her car her the car bomb of course goes off Mm -hmm. she barely escapes with her life after pilot dies yes
1: And then Padme comes by once Satine gets back to safety. And she's like, the Senate decided to occupy Mandalore while you were busy. Exactly. We get the coolest scene from Obi-Wan. He's like, don't you see? This is why you need your friends with you, not Mm -hmm. at arm's Mm -hmm. length. Yes. Ah, I love them so much.
0: But Satine runs off to meet with her contact in the intelligence services. Davu. Yes. And so he's like... I have the actual recording from Deputy Minister Jarek, and then boom, shot in the chest Oof. by a Mandalorian sniper. And the cops just happen to be there. She's pulled out her little deactivator in self-defense, and they're like, "Stop!" She killed him, and so she leads the cops on a chase
1: all over mm-hmm. Coruscant, basically, and
0: manages to give him a
1: slip. She does, and then she finally calls Obi Wan, and she's like, "Yo." Yes, you can indeed come and help me Mm -hmm. now. So he dresses up in kind of like the same little red riding hood, like cloak look that she has going on.
0: She has a beautiful cloak.
1: She does. It's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. They do a little sneaky handoff and she's like, okay, you need to get this disc to Senator Amidala immediately. Mm -hmm. But the assassin finds them, sets off a bomb, and they have to run for their lives. Yeah,
0: they're fighting. Kenobi throws him into a... Hovering uh, Jumbotron, which apparently litter the streets of Coruscant. And then, you know, normally that would be a kill, except that for Mandalorians, they have jetpacks and he just flies off and he's like, ah. So Satine decides to turn herself in as as a a diversion. Yeah. So then, then Kenobi gets there and then right when they're about to ratify the vote in the Senate base like, but wait, there's more. I have the actual recording which shows that everything's fine. It would be a terrible maneuver for the Republic to interfere with our neutrality because it would embolden Death Watch.
1: We've been training for this. We can stop Death Watch ourselves. We mm. don't need the Republic's help. There's this emotional score playing in the background and then I swear to God, the camera pans to Senator Chuchi for like yeah. three milliseconds and there are tears sliding down my face. Oh. I don't know what is wrong with me? Yeah, but then the troops stand down. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Like as they're boarding their ships, and then in the Palpatine's chambers, they're having a talk, and they're like, "Ah, yes, Massa meda who is the uh, real deputy
1: sp- whip or whatever? Uh,
0: he's just the major domo. He's a he's a jerk bag. He's blue. He's got horns, and he's like." Well, of he's like the one person who's giving away that it was a whole setup from the get go. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. Sure is great that your plan worked. Like that, this scheme fell through. Like, Argh. so he's a smugosaur. It sucks, and uh, that is the denouement of this episode. And then this was
1: the longest summary ever. So much happens in this <laughs> oh, arc,
0: no. but it leaves off with an important note, which is that yeah, Obi Wan says <laughs> to Satine. I would have left the Jedi Order for you.
1: Oh my God. I want to talk about the confession of love for sure.
0: But this sets up a whole huge thing, which is going to be revisited several times just with the politics of Mandalore. So where do you want to
2: start?
1: Oh my God. I just want to state for the record, if I still wrote fan fiction, (laughs) I would write Obi-Wan Satine fan fiction all freaking day.
0: So Obi-Wan and Satine met when... I don't know Satine's age, but Obi-Wan is 15.
1: So Qui-Gon and Mm Obi-Wan got tasked with an extended mission to basically be bodyguards for Satine for an entire year while she was on the run from like a civil war in Mandalore.
0: Yeah, and that civil war ended up glassing Mandalore, which is why like their moon Concordia is now like a jungle wasteland, which is why the planet of Mandalore is a... Featureless white plain covered in these domes that are the only places people are safe to live. They're on the run from bounty hunters, and it's only through what uh, Satine called the new Mandalore that they're able to actually have a peace. And that's what the people of Mandalore have been living for. This whole time.
1: Yeah, I want to really talk about the aesthetic of Mandalore first. They have because have trees. They have some crazy stuff going on. So, first of all, we see Satine's throne room is basically the first we see of Mandalore. It's a beautiful,
0: like, glass cathedral.
1: It is like a cathedral. There are these big, tall windows mm-hmm. with the sun streaming in. There's a giant... Picasso-looking painting of her. Yeah, it's like a
0: cubist painting. It is cubist.
1: And I say that because Mandalore is also very cubist. Did you notice that?
0: I did. And I wonder if that is a callback to that same era because uh, Picasso famously painted Guernica, which dealt with the Spanish Civil War,
2: which is
0: sort of, you know, it's when you had a king who was deposed or then it turned into a... Civil war between communist-supported forces and fascist-supported forces. And the bombing by the fascists of Guernica is what led to that. So it's yeah. nasty war.
1: So Mandalore is really funky looking. It feels very claustrophobic. Like the buildings are kind of built in a rectangular funnel from what we can see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of coruscant looking. Everything's glass and steel and there's sharp angles And then the trees are all cut into these rectangular geometric
2: cubes.
0: Yeah, and then you can contrast that with Concordia, the moon, which is feral and it has really interesting geology. As I think about it more, what you have is a big uplift formation, and so normally that uplift would be associated with a mountain building event. Mm. But on a moon, you—I mean, you may have that at Star Wars, but it might also be a impact. Event. So if you crash a stupid huge starship or like some big kinetic projectile into a planet and make a crater, then that's what the side of it would look like.
2: Mm. So
0: that planet might show scars of the civil war as
2: well.
1: Yeah. What I found myself thinking is that if I was a young ruler and I had been on the run for over a year fighting Mm -hmm. for my life, this is probably the kind of city that I would want to build. Like, clean, predictable, safe, very yeah. just angular and
0: utopian.
1: Yes. Yeah. But it ends up looking very very sterile as well. <laughs>
0: part of that is that artistically this episode really seems like it has a lot of I don't know if it's recycled faces or anything mm, mm-hmm. but they they very much like had a look with the mandalorians and it yeah. seems like they kind of filed the serial numbers off and like gave them different haircuts and different faces as if they were clones but they're not clones so they just yeah. altered them a little bit and i imagine that that's actually really tough because up until now they've only had to animate you know One face for the clones uh, several times, and then plus all the other people who they already have down. And this is the first time we really see a lot of human faces.
1: Yeah, I remember thinking that everyone on Mandalore is like white and blonde and blue-eyed. They have this very Mm -hmm. Viking look to them. Or
0: Aryan.
1: Or Aryan <laughs> yeah. look to them. Yeah. Yes. Which is fascinating because we keep getting these really tantalizing callbacks to like, ah uh, yes, Death Watch wants to bring back the ancestral warrior culture. Mm-hmm. And when Obi-Wan and Vizla are doing their final duel in mm-hmm. the first episode, the Mandalore plot, there's this kind of Slavic throat singing playing behind Ooh. like the big Darksaber duel. Yeah. I just feel like there were a lot of callbacks to ancient warrior cultures.
0: Very much so. And there's some really interesting stuff there because, you know, Mandalore is, you, you've talked a few times about how nice it would be to have, like, every single character in the cantina have a backstory. Oh, yeah. And in this case, like, Boba Fett was a Mandalorian, and that's all anyone knew about Mandalore until this
1: episode. Boba basically. Fett or would... until
0: Django, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Boba and Django kind of look like the odd men out, honestly, compared to all the Mandalorians that we're seeing,
0: yeah, that's true. And so that means that Django was part of Death Watch or like left Death Watch or something like that. you know, so there's there's a difference, mm. which is true of anything. and also shows how big Mandalore is. Mm. But it's like a third way, which across the backdrop of the Star Wars universe, is a wonderful thing to have that you have the light side and the dark side, which corresponds to what depending on who you are, the good guys or the bad guys in the Cold War. And then you have the whole quote third world unquote, which doesn't actually mean anything in terms of a development index. What it means is the rest of the countries. And that is mm-hmm. what Mandalore me is. It's the part of, you know, it's the um confederacy of unaffiliated systems it's it's neutral
1: i feel like we have spent a lot of time already in the clone wars talking about pacifism and neutrality Mm -hmm. and this truly to me feels like the first time we've seen a nation state embody that philosophical stance in a really powerful way
0: For sure. I mean,
1: when you think about the luremen who were all the way back in the Anakin injured arc and they're like, oh, we're pacifists. And that means that people will just run over us. That Mm -hmm. is a complete 180 from what we see Prime Minister Jarek saying or Deputy Prime Minister Jarek saying, which is like, we've been training for this our entire lives. Mm -hmm. We don't have to use force. We don't have to get violent. We don't have to get political, but we can put this splinter group down.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that. It might be non-violence or it might be extremely limited violence. We do see that the guards, the Satine's guards, do have like shock prods Mm -hmm, and shields mm -hmm. and stuff. So yeah, they they seem definitely able to defend themselves. Now, in my research for this episode, I, I ended up on a deep, deep Wikipedia dives. And two of the interesting things with regards to neutrality, there's two countries which have been very warlike until they're not. Those countries are Tibet. And Sweden. Hmm. So, Tibet in like f- the 400s or maybe the 600s at that time was the Tibetan empire and was huge and was taking over huge sections of Central Asia. And then their king converted to Buddhism and forci- forcibly converted the whole country to Buddhism. And then they practiced pacifist Buddhism because he's like, I am spending more men than I can actually mm. upkeep. And then uh, later, much later in the 1700s, you have Sweden, and so Sweden actually the last war that Sweden really fought, like got up and was a part of, was the Napoleonic Wars in the 1820s. Wow! And they've been pacifist ever since, but before that, they were the aggressors, including well, I'll we'll talk about it in a second. So, moving from a militaristic country to a pacifist country is a Not a unique thing. And it's happened a few times. You know, Costa Rica has famously disarmed its entire military. So there's an element of if you want to bring peace, prepare for peace. And that also, if you've lost a lot of your population to a civil war, is the right way to do it. You know, if you want to keep fighting, then you're left with these horrific mining moons and having to export bounty hunters.
1: Yeah. Mandalore and this entire Mandalorian arc felt like there was so much baggage And as a new fan, I loved that. I was like, oh my God, give me all the tantalizing backstories on Mm Obi-Wan and Satine. Give me this like sneak peeks of this like ancient civilization and culture and like this Mm -hmm. civil war. I was so into it. I just feel like it really makes things feel less flat and it brings the Star Wars universe to life and it gives it this depth. Yes. Like the Star Wars universe existed so far before mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Anakin, you know, was a slave on Tatooine. Yeah. That's the sense that this episode gives me.
0: So I also want to talk about the banter because it's
1: great. Oh my God. Okay. So the first episode I literally wrote down... For the Mandalore plot, banter level of this episode, strong, three stars. Mm-hmm. We get to Voyage of Temptation, and it is ten stars phenomenal.
0: I, I love when Anakin and Kenobi show up in Voyage of Temptation. In
1: Satine's, like, she's wearing her PJs, and she's lounging on her pillows, And she's, she's, like, talking about
0: pacifism. She's, you know, and her other senators, Ormfrita Cha and Merrick, are like, you know, there's a lot of stuff to be said here. And she's like, well, I'm in charge. And then
1: Obi Wan walks in, mm-hmm. and Satine says, Senators, I presume you're acquainted with the collection of half truths and hyperbole known as Obi Wan Kenobi.
0: And he says, Her Highness is too kind. You're
1: right, I am. <laughs> Oh, my God. Incredible. (laughs) I
0: I paused to put that in all caps. That was great.
1: I cackled so many times during Voyage of Temptation. specifically. Mm -hmm. It was phenomenal. I also loved that moment in the first episode, the Mandalore plot. Obi-Wan and Satine have just arrived to Concordia. Mm -hmm. And Obi-Wan is hopping on his speeder bike, dipping to go to the mines. And Satine is like, I have to tell you, I'm opposed to all of this. And Obi-Wan's just like, I'd be disappointed if you weren't. Bye.
0: Yeah, it just bounces. They are
1: so great together.
0: They are. And I love that they basically just came back to their their banter that I presume that they had when they were much younger. It and feels it like they romantic.
1: are those kinds of old friends where you just pick up exactly where you left off. You need mm-hmm. like 30 seconds to get reoriented. And then you're like, yes, th- we have not even spent more than a minute apart.
2: Yep.
0: Yep. And then that's perhaps why they're so emotionally charged the whole time because they had unresolved issues.
1: Yeah. What I noticed really is that we've never seen Obi-Wan get into so many arguments. Like yeah, by, by the time Anakin shows up at the end of Voyage of Temptation, he's like, boy, am I glad to see you. Like at least you're someone that I'm used to fighting with, mm-hmm. you know? Like the sparks are really flying between him and Satine because they are in some ways seeing themselves as diametrically opposed Like they have that feeling of old friends who reunited. But at the same time, I think Satine looks at Obi-Wan and he is a stranger to her. And Obi-Wan looks at Satine and she's like, so aloof and armored and closed Mm. off to him.
0: And they both think that the other one is, well, I believe that Obi-Wan thinks that Satine is naive and Mm. that because he doesn't believe that you, you can solve problems without violence. And Satine looks at Obi-Wan and thinks that he is just practicing, you know, ethics as he sees fit. You know, there's a Jedi code and he just goes in and it's like, well, I guess this time I do have to kill people. I guess that time I didn't. And it's Mm. not like he doesn't have a code at all. So they see each other almost in their worst light.
1: Yeah, because truly when we see Obi-Wan in the Clone Wars, we think of how philosophically good he is and Mm. how nonviolent he is and how principled he is. And then all of a sudden Satine shows up and she's like the principled one of the two of them.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty pretty wild to see the difference between them. It's
1: interesting how you think you see a person in a light, a certain Mm -hmm. light, and then all they need is a foil and you see them in a totally different light.
0: Yeah. Now, this episode, so I was just listening to... Uh, one of our previous episodes lightsaber lost and how it's an echo of attack of the clones. I think this episode also uh, echoes attack of the clones Mm. because you have the rhythm of the Senator and the Jedi bantering and like having these ethical dilemmas back and forth, defending each other. And then that's echoed in this episode, in this arc with Satine and Obi-Wan, but it's narrower because hmm. Padme is, you know, she's action Padme, but she's always like, yeah, try diplomacy first. And Anakin's like, yes, I tried diplomacy uh, with a lightsaber and it didn't work. So I pulled out my <laughs> lightsaber. So they're bombastic. they're They're out there. But that is like them working together as buddies is how they've solved several problems. And this is a much more nuanced view that is simultaneously they're more diametrically opposed, but they're also... There's so much more nuanced as characters. Yeah,
1: I would argue that this is the most fleshed out philosophical discussion we've got to enjoy. Mm-hmm. I thought when we watched the deserter arc between mm-hmm. Cut Laquane and Rex that we got a really good understanding of that philosophical issue of self-determination. Yeah. But what I noticed with the Clone Wars is that when we get these three episode arcs, when we get this spread, there's such a luxury in the way that the writers are able to just weave themes in and out of that arc. yeah, And we got to spend a lot of time on the big philosophical debate of this arc, which I would argue is if the Jedi are peacekeepers or Mm -hmm. as Anakin says, protectors. Yeah. Which means warriors.
0: And then there's also the full on economic effect of do you want to be in a military industrial complex or do you want to have a pacifist society because that's you know the thing that these people are talking about. They're like, yeah, we got to kill Satine because we've got these war prophets coming in.
1: Yeah. So. And here's something that I noticed. I didn't warm to Satine until probably the middle of the last episode mm-hmm. because I was kind of on Obi-Wan's side, right? I was like, I think you're being naive. I think you're being overly theoretical. Mm-hmm. But what I realized by the time I finished the episode is that Satine is literally standing as a figurehead for peace against every ancestral tradition and belief of her people. Yeah. She is trying to change an entire culture. Just she, one person. She
0: is truly a revolutionary.
1: She is a revolutionary. And I just got goosebumps when you said that. And I think I didn't warm to her because... I thought she was so high up there and like Mm -hmm. highfalutin, basically. And I was like, Satine, this is the time to be practical. Like, we, we can't hold these unrealistic ideals. We have to be practical. And then all of a sudden, I think it was probably like the fourth time someone tried to assassinate her. And I realized, oh, it's because she is so powerful. And she says that she's like, I know I'm, I'm doing something right because people keep trying to kill me. Yeah. Right. And that's when I realized how powerful Satine is and that she's capable of achieving this absolutely monumental task.
0: Yeah. In fact, as they're on the moon before Vizlov reveals himself to be the bad guy, he's like, yeah, people are trying to kill you. It means that you have powerful enmi- enemies. You should be flattered.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think Satine totally takes it the same way.
0: She does, for sure. So that's a really important read. Yeah. Uh, and I also took a while to warm up to Satine, but this was, I believe, the last episode we watched before. It's all uncharted territory with you, more or less.
1: Yeah, this is basically the last of the Clone Wars that I've seen.
0: Mm-hmm. In fact, I remember some of these things, we wanted to talk about them. And this is actually one of the reasons we started. podcasting I'm pretty about sure it.
1: this arc is the re- Terrace Anubey is the reason for Baywatch, and I mm-hmm. think this arc. We were sitting in the car, we were sitting in the kitchen, we were having a big long discussion, mm-hmm. and we we're like, okay, we, need we to have talk a lot about to this. talk about this. Yeah.
0: yeah, but I also so I also took a long time to warm up to Satine, but now I recognize that her stance, her femininity,
2: mm. and her
0: her ability to have a standoffishness, as well as a a warmness, as well as like a quick thinking, is very much what a powerful woman would be. It's a very well-written
2: character.
1: So, Satine has a very distinctive look. And I actually want to talk about her hair specifically. I I also rabbit hold. Okay, (laughs) excellent. So, I also rabbit hold, and this is what I rabbit hold on. Satine has this kind of ceremonial ornamental headdress. Mm -hmm. And if you look closely, the distinctive feature is this spray of lilies. There's like six on each side. They look kind of crazy, actually. They kind of blend in with her hair. Mm -hmm. So, what I did, because I love. Flowers, the language of flowers, I looked up all the meanings of lilies mm-hmm. in the symbolism of like how people used to send each other bouquets to send secret messages.
0: Okay, this is going to be way more interesting than my deep dive. So,
1: okay, yeah, I'm ready. I have receipts. Also, lilies are one of my favorite flowers. Anyway, lilies mean all sorts of things in this secret language of flowers. First of all, they're most commonly associated with purity, Mm. which I can totally see being related to Satine's, like, purity of belief, her idealism. One of the more hidden meanings is that they also mean devotion. Yeah. So, a devotion to her cause, a devotion to Obi-Wan, who she loves.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Here's something interesting. Lilies symbolize virginity. Whoa. Which is fascinating because- that's
0: the message, because those messages all fly together. They
1: really do. And on Spice Run, where we post bonus content, we've had a lot of discussions about sex in Star Wars (laughs) and whether or not the Jedi are having it and Mm -hmm. who's having it and who's not. So fascinating that lilies also mean virginity. One of the meanings that they stand for is grief.
2: Oh. They're
1: a very common funeral flower. And Mm -hmm. when I said that this Mandalorian arc is so, there's so much baggage, there's so much history, it is a very sad planet. Yeah. Like the people are carrying this heavy weight.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that is what needs to be done after a civil war. I think, so the Mandalorians were led by the Mandalore,
2: Mm -hmm. which
0: is the person who killed the previous Mandalore up until Duchess Satine.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
0: obviously that would lead towards civil wars if so people are like, no, I like the other guy. And it's like, no, I'm gonna kill this guy. And yeah. so you have huge fights. It's a, a meritocracy by blood as opposed to you know an upgrade from that is feudalism.
2: Wow. <laughs>
0: so that is what she represents as a revolutionary. And by allowing space to mourn that way of life as well as all the people that were lost, that sets a pretty important precedent.
1: Yeah. This final thing is a little bit more anecdotal but there is a movie about which has like a subplot and they're they're speaking to each other with the language of flowers mm-hmm. and they say in the movie lilies mean i dare you to love me hmm. and i thought that was so beautiful and so meaningful for this like secret love affair between Obi-Wan and Satine and just this like dance that they're doing where I think it's really common for people who are in a fraught relationship to be like, I need the other person to make the move first. Mm -hmm. And so I followed this Columnist who writes about political fashion, right? Like decoding the messages that politicians and especially female politicians.
0: Oh, this is why you were talking about the Kardashians earlier.
1: It is. Yeah. The Kardashians send a lot of messages with their fashion. But this columnist specifically looks at female politicians and Mm -hmm. figureheads to see what they wear, to see what they're saying without speaking. Mm -hmm. And I think it is so interesting to look at what Satine's clothing is saying for her without her having to say a word. Yeah. Like, I just think she is putting a lot of messages out there. And if you are wise enough and if you're paying enough attention, you can see them. She, like, in her costuming, she's got these strong shoulder lines, kind of like pauldrons. Yeah. She's got like this kind of like mixture of like this very armored looking clothing and then these very organic lines.
0: And she also has a headdress, which. Is evocative, a little bit of sort of the three-line design of a Mandalorian helmet.
1: She totally, totally does. The Mando, like, hex kind of looking thing is all over Mm -hmm. her clothing, all over Mandalore. And then the last thing I noticed, and I'm going to wrap up my rabbit hole, but (laughs) the crazy earrings she's wearing. Oh,
0: yeah. They are crazy.
1: They're crazy. They look like they're made out of shell.
0: Yeah. They look very
1: fragile. And I was just kind of headcanoning, like, this is Satine's piece it is also very breakable and very fragile. Hmm. So anyway, I just thought her design was so fascinating. I looked it up. The Clone Wars crew said that Kate Blanchett was the inspiration for her face.
0: I very much see And
1: that. I totally see that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that.
1: Also, you are totally right. I just remembered about the serial numbers being kind of filed off of the background characters. Mm-hmm. Satine's face was the original design for Padme. And then they just adjusted it a little bit to make Satine.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. I did not know that.
1: Anyway, there was so much thought and love and dedication that went into the aesthetics of this episode. And I totally just had to talk about it a little bit.
0: Whereas I rabbit holed over the politics of the episode. Okay, so I wrote down down these in bold the Gulf of Tonkin, the Zinoviev letter, the embassy hostages to get Ronald Reagan elected, the Nixon sabotage of the. Uh, Vietnam peace talks to get himself elected, the Mukden incident in 1931 to get Japan into Manchuria to start off World War II functionally, the 1954 overthrow of Guatemala, the 1939 uh, shelling of Finland, or of Russia by Russia in Finland to start the Winter War, and the 1953 Iranian coup.
1: Oh, my God.
0: All of which are just like the most egregious examples of what's called a false flag operation.
1: Okay. Which
0: is, and this kind of goes towards, you know, like the Clone Wars are a false flag operation in that it's Palpatine and he started a war and he's playing both sides. But the idea of I'm funding someone or I'm funding terrorists to do something and then I'm breaking the peace deal- I'm I'm brokering war as opposed to brokering peace is what Palpatine was trying to do through Dooku. It's all hands-off. It shows a respect to the Mandalorians that they're dealing with Dooku as opposed to Palpatine like mano a mano. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of precedents for that. In fact, as I look through them, I think the most accurate one would be... So in 1968, the Johnson administration was in poor shape because they have been like, whoa, we need to end this Vietnam War. And the Vietnamese were at the table. And Nixon, uh, extremely illegally, going against what's called the Logan Act, which is that you, me, us citizens of America are not allowed to negotiate wars or pieces with other countries. Like that is the sole purvey of the government. He went and said, okay, let's just keep a war going. He scuppered the peace talks.
1: Wow! In
0: order to get elected president,
1: and he, wow,
0: he got two terms out of it, and that is like that's a true thing that that actually that's not even consp- uh, conspiracy theory. It's like the, the papers are everywhere. So wow, and that type of thing has happened so many times, particularly in the more modern era. But ironically, during mm-hmm. one of the many Swedish-Russian wars throughout the 1560s and 1700s sweden pulled one of those on russia Hmm. to start a war uh because at the time despite the fact that they're vastly different in size sweden is able to in the era of gustavus adolphus put a bunch of soldiers on the field where they need to be and russia is a little bit slower and that's all that matters and so what makes that ironic is that like yeah, i was talking about sweden earlier as a country which has foregone war now that said sweden still has a pretty fantastic top tier military i was
1: gonna say sweden is not a country that i would mess around with no
0: they protect their neutrality yeah and i think but that they that have a
1: lot of tech a lot of money a lot of resources yeah they have
0: my other sob is a jet fighter you oh know my God. They're, <laughs> so they're they're good at that and they've made a huge effort to it and They've prepared for peace by defending themselves well. Mm,
1: wow. I suddenly am like, yes, this is so cool.
0: Yeah. So there's there's some really, really amazing parallels there, if that's something that intrigues you. Cold War politics has always intrigued me.
1: So yeah. That's a- Someone in the Clone Wars writing room is a real history buff. <laughs>
0: So saying what I said about how Obi-Wan and Satine are a small scale version of the love story between Padme and Anakin, Mm. except with like a somehow lighter and somehow darker denouement ending. Mm, It's purer, purer, but they don't ever get to consummate that relationship. Don't
1: tell me this. Well, at least if the language
0: of flowers is correct, according to you, they haven't consummated up to this point. Okay,
1: wait, can we talk about them for a little bit?
0: Yeah, yeah. But, well, real quick. This Mandalorian arc is a subset of the larger Clone Wars because that's also a false flag mm-hmm. operation. So this 3-episode arc is oh. the story of the Clone Wars told in miniature.
1: This is the Russian doll inside of the Russian doll inside of the Russian doll. Exactly. That's neat. That's really cool.
0: So let's talk more about Satine and Obi-Wan. Okay,
1: oh my God. I just, I can't finish the episode without talking about Obi-Wan and Satine. Can we please talk about the most romantic moment in the history of Star Wars?
0: Is it when they're sitting there and she's got a gun to her head?
1: Yes, it is. Okay. Okay, Satine says, as Merrick is holding her hostage, Mm -hmm. and I quote, I've loved you from the moment you came to my aid. Mm -hmm. And then Obi-Wan says... Had you said the word, I would have left the Jedi Order. Yeah. I'm like blushing. Yeah. Oh my God.
0: Now, isn't that interesting? Because Obi-Wan knows the rules.
1: Of course Obi-Wan knows the Being rules. He even discusses the rules with Anakin, who, might I add, Anakin is so funny in this he's arc. so smug. He is so smug, but he's also ravenous for details on the Obi-Wan Satine situation. He is. He's, he's like, like so it's mad. obvious you had feelings for her. So like, what did you do about it? He's like, did you ever, you know, I love, that.
0: I love that scene because they walk into Obi-Wan's quarters and Obi-Wan force pulls out a chair for himself and then sits down, does not pull out a force chair for Anakin. And he immediately goes from being the friend into the mentor. Mm. It turns from a moment when they're doing the walk and talk like West Wing. And then he's like, okay, now I'm the professor and you're in my office. You'll notice that there's not a chair for students here. So I'm going to answer your questions until you get tired of standing up. Yes, I got a lot out of that. That was that was what did really, you get out of that? Oh, I just thought it was a, a very meaningful scene.
1: No, the body language is great. Yeah. I just I love that moment when Obi-Wan's like giving Anakin the background. He's like, We were mm-hmm. always on the run, we were living hand to mouth, we were never sure what the next day would bring, and Anakin's like, Yeah, it sounds romantic. Yeah. Anyway, Anakin is like desperately trying to get the deets and Obi-Wan is just not giving him the Mm -hmm. deets. And I'm like, I'm Anakin. (laughs) Give me the deets. (laughs) Inquiring minds want to know.
0: The, uh, that second episode has some fun action scenes too, as they're stalking through the, uh, cargo bay and the spiders running around. There's, there's a funny bit where Anakin's like, Hey Rex, do you see anything? And Rex is like nothing here. And then as soon as he is about to finish that sentence, the, big murder droid just tackles him into a wall he's like ah!
1: <laughs> so great so great okay anyway here is what I want to say mm-hmm. about the Obi-Wan sateen shtick she the is, thing she's
0: wearing her sateen robes right now and she's gesticulating so you I'm better, like wrapped in a
1: blanket drinking chicken broth mm-hmm. like this is all I have to live for okay <laughs> So, like, I think it would be really easy to look at the Obi-Wan, Satine, Padme, Anakin comparison mm-hmm. and draw the line and say, okay, well, Obi-Wan chose duty. Mm-hmm. He chose not to follow through with his love. Anakin chose love. He chose to follow through with Padme. But here is my big brain mega thought: I spent a lot of time thinking about Obi-Wan and Satine. <laughs> I did. I did. This is why you've not I've been ashamed. sleeping lately. <laughs> yeah, this is why I've not been sleeping. I've been staring at the ceiling thinking about Obi-Wan and Satine. Did Obi-Wan really choose?
2: Oh. Did
1: Obi-Wan make a choice? Because he said his duty took him away from Satine. He tells Anakin. That's why he didn't pursue Satine. He says duty took him away.
0: Satine says the same thing.
1: Satine says the same thing. And then Obi-Wan says when pressed, I would have left if you had said the word. Mm -hmm. He didn't actively choose any of that. He didn't choose to stay. He didn't choose to fight for Satine. He didn't choose his duty, really. And, And he
0: didn't choose to say, do you want me to stay?
1: Yes. He let duty carry him away so that he didn't have to make a choice. He didn't leave the Jedi Order. He didn't go after Satine. Mm -hmm. He just let himself be kind of grabbed and reassigned.
0: All right. I want to ask that question in a different way. Did Anakin choose? Because Anakin, but, you know, decision comes from uh, Latin, "decis," cut. Mm
2: -hmm. When you make
0: a decision, you are cutting something out. Anakin has it all.
2: Mm. He didn't cut anything.
0: so Just did,
1: himself. He's just cutting himself into pieces trying to live this double life.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, like, people will absolutely self-immolate before they'll hurt another person in their own twisted worldview. Even sure. Though even though they're tearing the people around them apart, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a non-zero amount of destruction, for sure.
0: Yeah, but it's not a clear cutting out, which is, like pretty much what you have to do with someone if you love them but can't love them Hmm. if you're in love with someone and can't love them you have to cut them out and like that is what obi-wan did and that's why when they come back together it's so problematic because Hmm. they're like a broken up couple and now they're back together they're
1: carrying all of this pain like maybe the cutting like the cut was for them both of them over 20 years and
0: now it's rip the scar off as opposed to rip the scab off
1: oh that's interesting yeah that's interesting okay that's that's a that's a neat read
0: yeah i'm i'm reminded of all of the times that like i've hung out with exes and it's been like a it's been a moment of like what is our relationship Mm -hmm. and it's just or when I see people do that, and it's like, oh, yeah, we used to date, and now we're cool. I'm like, how,
2: Whoa. how
0: does – like that, that requires a lot of work, and it doesn't seem like something that you can do if you both have high-powered jobs. That like takes July a lot of emotional
1: security. It
0: does. And then the fact that the rules are what separate them, because as a duchess, she presumably had to carry on some sort of –
2: Maybe.
1: Satine seems like the kind of high-powered lady who lets her work get in the way, and she's like, I just don't have time to date,
0: you know? Yeah, well, and also, out of all the people to date, a now-former Jedi is the wrong person to date. Hmm. Not to mention that I imagine being a former Jedi in good standing means cutting yourself off from the Force.
1: Maybe. Which We don't know a lot the... about willingly leaving the Jedi. Other than Other than, than that Dooku has done it and Obi-Wan considered it. Yeah. Oh, I want details. Anyway, it may be true that Obi-Wan chose not to pursue Satine, but I just had this sense that he was afraid of what he would choose mm-hmm. if he let himself make the choice. Mm-hmm. So it's safer for him to just not choose at all. Yeah.
0: I have one more mega secret Easter egg.
2: Okay.
0: Okay. So as Satine is leaving Coruscant, leaving the office, her car explodes, right? Yes. And it's like, oh no, the stabilizer's gone. And her two guards who wear really cool helmets.
1: Aramis and... Oh no, Aramis is the pilot. Aramis
0: is the pilot. Aramis dies Aramis is the name of one of the three musketeers, and the three musketeers all have to deal with this. In fact, Aramis is the one who deals with it the most because he is the one who forsakes his (gasps) vows of being a musketeer to become an Abbey, which is someone who lives in a convent. And then in 15 years after, 20 years after, the sequel, which is Also awesome, and everyone should read. Everyone should read Three Musketeers. It's awesome. He is, like, the all-fighting, all-banging, all-drinking, incredible, like, swordsman of yore, but he is doing it out of love. What? In many ways, actually, I think the sequel is better because they're all, like, in their, you know, 40s, which is old for people who fight with swords. And they're, like, doing it for all the different reasons now as opposed to doing it for fun. So...
1: Aramis is obi-wan and Obi-wan is Aramis
0: <sighs> you know it's hard to say but I think that pulling the because it's a complex story mm-hmm. most, it's mm-hmm. long it's huge it's it's interwoven pulling in all those stories and recognizing them for the duty and obligation and what you have to give up to live the life you want whether it is, religious principles, which is definitely a parallel with the Jedi lifestyle, or wanting to be fighting all the time, which is also a parallel with a Jedi lifestyle, or wanting to be peaceful, which is what one of the other Three Musketeers wanted to do. He's like, no, I'm done with fighting. I have my big pile of money. I'm going to live on a farm. And if you come by, I'm going to have my farm hands chase you off. I don't want any more of this violence anymore. Mm. So... There's a secret Easter egg that's all about the Three Musketeers.
1: That is incredible. I'm going to go back and rewatch it now and just be like, yes, give me all the Three Musketeer references. <laughs> Love the Three Musketeers. It's good stuff. Okay, we have to do the fastest Baywatch ever.
0: Well, you said it, so let's do it. Baywatch, 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 Baywatch. Baywatch, Baywatch.
1: Baywatch. Baywatch. <laughs> Okay, my bae was Obi-Wan, and then I realized, duh, it's Satine.
0: Okay. It's Satine. I was going to say. Yeah. All right. Who's your bae? Obi-Wan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'm glad we've realized who the MVPs are in this yeah,
0: arc. Yeah, I mean, no one else really had a starring role. Uh, Rex was awesome. R2 got a huge amount of kills. R2
1: was incredible in Voyage of Temptation.
0: Pre uh, Previsla was Real cool and really ballsy, just going like rocket boots to force jump against somebody else, until he's like, Men, finish him, which is such a villain cop out. He
1: also looks like he makes a mean martini. I love when he <laughs> and Satina are like <laughs> hanging out like two rulers, just like kicking their feet up, yeah, drinking cocktails. Yeah. He was super great. My- also voiced
0: by John Favreau, who I believe is the director of this art. What? What? Yeah.
1: That's incredible. I
0: mean, I ate people who voiced the whole thing.
1: <laughs> My special super shout out goes to, of course, Senator Chuchi, who mm-hmm. did indeed make me sob, and she was on screen for about half a second.
0: Also, a special shout out to Masameda, who is a d bag, yes. and Ormfritha, another. Bag.
1: We hate Massa If you Go are home. if you
0: are a blue dude in the Star Wars universe, you're we don't already like on you. my crap list. All right, so <laughs> for the anti
1: Baywatch. Except for
0: Thron, Thron's gonna redeem all of them. <laughs> all right, that's. That's Baywatch. Wow, that's Baywatch. All right. This is uh this is the whole Clone Wars in miniature. So watch it for the Darksaber, watch it for the Rocket Boots, watch it for the love, watch it oh, for the, the The
1: Romance, the, the costume, yeah. the Cubism. The
0: Cubism. And watch it. For learning about Operation Northwoods or the 1953 Iranian coup or Guatemalan (laughs) coup.
1: After talking about this with you, I literally have to go back and rewatch the whole thing. (laughs) I'm not mad about it.
0: That is the best endorsement we can give an episode. Yeah.
1: Okay, Okay, coming up next on Growing Up Skywalker, what's coming down the pipeline, Sam?
0: Young Baby Boba Uh, versus Mace to the Face.
2: What?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, because he was sitting there with his dad's, Head in his hands, like who killed my father? It was that dude at the purple lightsaber.
1: My name is Boba Fett. You killed (laughs) my father. Prepare to die. So that's
0: the plan. And uh, what numbers
1: are these? Uh, that is season two, episodes 20, 21, and 22.
0: Oh, another trouble header. It'll be fun. It'll be so fun. I like this arc. This is good. I, this is
1: such a phenomenal arc. Okay. Well, I mean,
0: I love that arc. I don't think you've seen it yet. Oh, oh,
1: I thought we were talking about Mandalore. Oh, yeah, I want to hang out on Mandalore more. We will. Conveniently, um, after Boba and Mace is the Mandalore arc number two.
0: Ooh, we are. all right, fun, fun. And uh, as always, you can follow us on social at GrowingUpSkywalker and...
1: Make sure to like, review, and subscribe if you listen to us on a podcasting platform. And you can always send us questions at GrowingUpSkywalker at gmail.com.
0: And if you are a car in Colorado with a Star Wars sticker...
1: We will probably be putting a business card on your car. So (laughs) coming soon to a windshield near you. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's good. You're going to get all iced over. All right. We'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week.
1: See you next Tuesday. Bye.